0: Hi, you're listening to All Law, an audio series brought to you by Lakshmi Kumar and Sridharan, a leading Indian law firm. This podcast endeavours to bring to the attention of the listeners major rulings passed by the Honourable Supreme Court in the last five years on indirect taxation. These rulings will have significant impact in settling disputes and reducing pendency at all levels of adjudication. 2015 to 2020 has been very eventful for the indirect tax practice in India. The year 2015 16 saw the Apex Court constituting the indirect tax bench to reduce the pendency of cases. The Honourable Bench disposed most of the cases registered with the Apex Court from 1998 to 2009. The year 2017 will be remembered as the year when India transitioned into the GST regime. The year 2019 witnessed the government bringing the legacy dispute resolution scheme as well as the amendment to the Central Board of Excise and Customs circular which significantly increased the monetary limit below which the government will not pursue cases at various fora. The pattern of development indicate that the intent of the judiciary and the legislature is aligned to decongest the courts of tax cases. Amongst the large gamut of cases that were disposed, some cases stand out. These selected cases have not only clarified the larger questions of law, but also act as catalysts for settlement of disputes at the downstream levels. These rulings belong to various phases of the indirect taxation law, catering to substantial as well as procedural aspects of the law. Let's first discuss the test for admissibility of cases to the Supreme Court. Steel Authority of India Limited versus Designated Authority laid down the law regarding admissibility of tax cases to the Supreme Court. Under the Customs Act of 1962 and the Central Excise Act of 1994, an appeal against the Customs, Excise and Service Tax Appellate Tribunal would be preferred directly to the Supreme Court by passing the Jurisdictional High Courts in cases involving determination of rate of duty or value. While it had been the practice of the Supreme Court to automatically admit such appeals as it was a statutory right of second appeal, this, however, led to an enormous number of cases being admitted but not getting heard due to pendency and lack of dedicated tax benches in the Supreme Court. With this judgment, The Supreme Court created an additional hurdle for an appellant to cross in order to get an appeal even admitted. The Supreme Court laid down certain tests that had to be satisfied for an appeal to be admitted. These are 1. The question or issue raised or arising must have a direct and or approximate nexus to the question of determination of applicable rate of duty or to the determination of the value of the goods. 2. The question raised must involve a substantial question of law which has not been answered or on which there is a conflict of decisions necessitating a resolution. 3. If the tribunal, on consideration of the material and relevant facts, had arrived at a conclusion which is a possible conclusion, the same must be allowed to rest, even if this court is inclined to take another view of the matter. 4. The tribunal had acted in cross-violation of the procedure or principles of natural justice, occasioning a failure of justice. The test essentially held that the tribunal is the last fact-finding authority and its decision and understanding of the issue will be final until there are apparent procedural or substantial errors. The Supreme Court also steered itself away from cases that involved reinterpreting mixed questions of law and fact which till then were landing at its doorstep. The test of admissibility was further fine-tuned by the Honorable Supreme Court in 2019 in Commissioner of Customs v. Motorola India Limited. The larger bench of three judges clarified that in cases pertaining to exemption notifications, issues which pertain to violation of the procedural conditions in the exemption notification will not be entertained by the Apex Court, as they don't have any connection with determination of rate of duty. These two rulings of the apex court have effectively filtered the stream of cases which reached them under the appeal provisions. It has also given clarity to the honorable high courts and enlarged their scope of discretion in such cases. Let's now focus on the issue of manufacture. Under the central excise law, duty is levied on the event of manufacture. It is an established law that manufacture has a direct relation with the rate of duty issue. Therefore, any appeal from tribunal's order on the issue of manufacture must be appealed directly to the Honorable Supreme Court. The Central Exercise Act does not lay down any test of manufacture and the apex court via its various judgments has given multiple fact-based tests as to what constitutes or does not constitute manufacture. The earliest and most prominent test till 2015 was laid down in the case of Union of India versus Delhi Cloth and General Mills the test given by the five judge bench of the honorable apex court over the course of years was elevated to academic stature and the test of manufacture required greater clarity in 2015 the apex court in the case of Servomed India Private Limited versus CCE was seized with a very interesting issue of whether sterilization of needles syringes amounted to manufacture. The issue was difficult to determine as any observation from the Apex Court could change the judicial perception of the concept especially when there were so many cases decided by the court earlier and large numbers were waiting to be decided in near future. The Honourable Court laid down the test as 1 where the goods remain exactly the same even after a particular process there is obviously no manufacture involved processes which remove foreign matter from goods complete in themselves and or processes which clean goods that are complete in themselves fall within this category two where the goods remain essentially the same after the particular process again there can be no manufacture This is for the reason that the original article continues as such, despite the said process and the changes brought about by the said process. 3. Where the goods are transformed into something different and or new after a particular process, but the said goods are not marketable. Examples within this group are the Breaks India case and cases where the transformation of goods having a shelf life which is of extremely small duration. In these cases also, no manufacture of goods takes place. Four, where the goods are transformed into goods which are different and or new after a particular process, such goods are marketable as such. It is in this category that manufacture of goods can be said to take place. The test propounded by the court left no scope for intentment. Not that the test puts a lid on all future issues but acted as a barricade to ensure that courts across levels are not flooded with the issue of manufacture. Another issue that we'll briefly focus on is the relationship between measure and levy of tax. There has forever been a debate with divergent case laws on the issue whether the charging provision that is Section 3 of the Central Excise Act which determines the nature of duty and the valuation provision, that is, Section 4 of the Act, are independent entities or are interconnected provisions. The nature of duty and measure of duty are two divisions of any taxing statute. To what extent they need to be conscious of each other's presence was kept before the five-judge bench of the Apex Court in CCE versus Crossim Industries. Unlike in the issue of manufacture, which was fact-based, The court itself was aware that overruling past cases or disagreeing with what was already established by the courts would cause detriment to the manufacturing sector, which has been following the established valuation practice. Considering all these, the Honourable Court affirmed its previous judgments and held that the measure of levy contemplated in Section 4 of the Act will not be controlled by the nature of the levy. So long as the reasonable nexus is visible between the measure and the nature of the levy, both section 3 and 4 would operate in their respective fields. The court applied restraint to ensure that the law remains clear and the door of controversy on the issue of valuation is closed further. Now let's finally talk about the interpretation of exemption notifications. In Commissioner Customs Imports vs. Dilip Kumar & Co., the Apex Court was seized with the issue whether vitamin E powder, which is mixed in prawn feed, will qualify as a prawn feed and eligible for customs exception. The court could have given either liberal or strict construction to the issue and concluded the case. However, the court felt that a stronger judge-made law was required and guidelines were needed for interpretation of such notifications every issue of exemption must not reach the apex court. The issue was referred to a larger five-judge bench where the court took a view that while deciding the eligibility of a product for an exemption, the court must a, apply strict construction to determine if the product falls within the four corners of the notification and b, once it is established that the product qualifies within the exemption notification, if any subsequent procedural issue arises, that must be given a liberal construction. The judgment assimilated the knowledge that was laid down in various judgments to come to a determinative test, which will have to be applied at all levels of adjudication. The test shall play a vital role in the interpretation of the GST tariff as it has been brought into effect through a notification unlike its predecessor, which was a creature of the statute. As you may have noticed by now, all the above rulings will echo in the future to ensure that the disputes are adjudicated and settled at the lower levels. However, one area which will require similar indulgence of the apex court is the issue of classification. Classification is directly connected to rate of duty issue and is appealable to the apex court. Classification disputes are also common in sales tax law and the Honourable High Courts are flooded with issues of classification under state value-added tax acts. The High Courts, either under revisionary jurisdiction or as a writ court, are seized with massive number of classification issues. Most of the demands made by the revenue authorities are because of the ambiguity that exists. Example, should the view of a High Court on a similarly worded provision, be applicable by another High Court in context of another Act? Can the certification of one government authority on the impugned subject of classification Act as source material for reliance by the revenue authorities? To what extent harmonised system of nomenclature (HSN) issued by the World Customs Organisation be followed in interpreting sales tax tariff schedules? In cases of Ayurvedic Propriety Medicaments, ABM, on the same product, different courts have come with a different decision, though the Food and Drug Administration has certified the product as ABM. Is common parlance test applicable to technically worded entries? These questions are just examples. The issues are endless. The Honorable Supreme Court, as early as 1988 in Hindustan Richardson v. C.C. has taken upon itself the responsibility to solve such disputes. But there is an urgent necessity that comprehensive guidelines are established by the Apex Court. One attempt was made in the case of Parle Agro Limited v. CCT Trivandrum, where the Apex Court gave a proposition-based answer, but the same has not been followed by revenue in letter and spirit. The need to have a precedent is vital as under GST, similar classification issues are already cropping. A set of guidelines, if laid by the Apex Court, will go a long way in helping both the assesses and revenue to bring disputes to a logical end. Thank you for taking the time for listening to this series. We would love to hear your feedback, comments and questions about the episode. You can write to us at podcast at to know more. You can even suggest topics for future episodes you'd like to hear more about. Do check out our website www.lakshmisri.com which has been linked in the episode description below to keep abreast of relevant legal updates. We hope you'll join us next week.